Hey guys, welcome back to the Filmmakers Podcast. I am the maker of the Filmmakers Podcast, Andrew Gardner. In this podcast, we cover famous directors for people looking to get into movies, so we hope you stick around and enjoy the podcast on the Filmmakers Podcast. And also, follow us on Instagram at podcast underscore makers for more movie content. What do you imagine a young Andrew was shaped by in his childhood? Was I influenced by my parents or teachers? Or was I influenced by the man that brought classic comedies like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights to us? It was the latter. I've seen Adam McKay's movies so much that I quote the movies on repeat in my diet, in my everyday life. I am not underestimating how much I truly care about Adam's films. And there is one reason for this, and his name is Will Ferrell. Since I was young, I was always wanted to be Will Ferrell, and he influences my humor today. I was so excited to review these films and get a piece of my childhood back in a sense. Adam McKay has a friendship with Will Ferrell since they were on Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live has been a heavy influence for McKay and Ferrell, as many of their movies seem like a two-hour Saturday Night Live skit. In recent years, McKay has slowly transitioned from rated R comedies to ones that earn critical praise. Adam has been nominated for five Oscars and earned his first in 2016 for Best Adapted Screenplay for his film, The Big Short. I was amazed when watching his most recent film in 2018's Vice, a movie about former President Dick Cheney and how he changed his writing style and even the the editing of the movie was amazing in breaking up a sticky subject. Along with 2018's Vice, we'll be covering 2004's Anchorman and 2008's Dead Brother. I could cover many other films in McKay's catalog like Talladega Nights, The Other Guys, and The Big Short, but I feel these movies display old McKay and new McKay. Before we dive into these movies, let's you know the drill, let's dive into Adam McKay's life. Adam McKay was born April 17th, happy late birthday, 1968, in Denver, Colorado before moving to Philadelphia after his parents' divorce. Adam's first love before screenwriting was improv comedy. It was a fun twist in my life because McKay was one of the founding fathers of the Upright Citizens Brigade and my aunt was a member of the brigade for a time. McKay also did improv for Second City Improv and Improv Olympics in Chicago. When younger, he attended college at Pennsylvania State University and later Temple before dropping out. In 1995, McKay would try out for Saturday Night Live as an onstage performer but would later be hired as a writer. McKay would meet Will Ferrell and they would later go on to find Gary Sanchez production company that made many of McKay's films. Now that we know where McKay has come from, let's get into some movie reviews. The first film I would like to jump into is Anchorman. Anchorman is a fantastic starting film for McKay as it is funny and over the top with the most random scenes that make no sense but only add to the overall comedy in the film. Scenes where the cast breaks the fourth wall and speak to the audience are shared with all-out Anchorman fights in the alley where people die. We also see our main protagonist riding a cartoon unicorn down a rainbow as he heads to Pleasure Town. These are all fantastic moments, but one of the best is when Ron Burgundy, the main protagonist, throws a breed out of his car and it flies into the face of a biker and makes him crash. Jack Black plays the biker in a fantastic way as he then punts, kicks Ron's dog Baxter off the bridge. This movie is crazy as you never know what's around the corner. The plot is Ron Burgundy, played by Will Ferrell, brilliantly an anchorman of Channel 4 News in San Diego. Ron is on top of the world as he has the highest rating in San Diego and can't be stopped. He has a fantastic crew with him as well as he has sports reporter Champ Kind played by Dave Korshaner, Brian Fantana played by Paul Rudd, and Brick Tamberlin played by Steve Carell. You will see Judd Apatow shares many of his actors with McKay in their films. The only thing that can stop Ron happens and her name is Veronica Corningstone played by Christina Applegate. Veronica and Ron start a relationship and it all goes fine and dandy till Veronica steals Ron's anger and drop after his dog was kicked off the bridge. Ron and Veronica then 
Ron and Veronica then need to work together, but it doesn't work as Ron is fired after Veronica tampers with his script. They need to mend their relationship after Veronica falls into a bear pit. This movie follows the theme of competition. Ron is always trying to keep his spot as the number one anchorman in San Diego, and Veronica is just trying to break out as a woman in news. We also see many gunning from in Channel 4 News. Wes Mantooth of Channel 5, played by Vince Vaughn, goes as far as to start a fight with many other news channels. The whole goal of the film is to come out on top, but the characters neglect to work with each other and reach their ultimate goal. Another theme I found is the insanity of the film. Another theme I found is the insanity of the film. McKay and Farrell really came out of the gate firing on all cylinders with their crazy ideas. Like I mentioned earlier, many of McKay's films seem like SNL skits, and this film is not is the number one example. Scenes that seem out of place, like a fight where people are getting stabbed with tridents and arms chopped off, are in the same movie where Ron plays a flute in a Mexican food restaurant whose names translate to We Spit in Your Food. We also see many people in the film talking to the camera but never do it again. This is a film I recommend you guys watch just to experience how McKay and Farrell were in the early 2000s. The next film I would like to talk about is one of my favorite childhood movies growing up in Step Brothers. Brennan Huff played by Farrell again and his new stepbrother Dale Doback played by Farrell McKay's good friend John C. Riley. The movie starts as two stepbrothers doing everything they can to hate each other and then slowly become friends and then business partners. The first theme I would like to cover is this theme of having to grow up. When we first see Dale and Brennan, they are 40-year-old staying-at-home children. They are lazy and never had anything ha bad happen to them in their life. They have to grow up quick as their parents sell their house and now they have to get their own jobs and apartments to learn to be adults. Within this film, we see Brennan and Dale act like 12-year-olds as they karate chop pumpkins, make music videos on Dale's dad's boat. Within this movie, they are scared of local group of kids even though they are well older than them. This is another one of the scenes where you're like, what did I just watch? Dale has a problem with the local kids and when Brennan makes them walk down the street they are on, they pay the consequences. The group of children makes Dale and Brennan lick white dog poop. It's a funny scene where you see a 13-year-old boy holding them down till they do it. Another theme I would like to cover would be the theme of not judging a book by the cover. Within this film, Dale and Brennan hate each other because they ruled their households and now they are butting heads. When they found out they had things in common, they become best friends. We also see this with Brennan's older brother, Derek. Derek is the adult of the two and is a douche, power-hungry man. He screams at his wife and often makes fun of his children. Derek and Brennan never get along till Brennan sings a beautiful rendition of Porti Volley. Porti Volley. Ooh, hard word. This is one of the best wrapping up scenes I've ever seen. Brennan is working for Derek and is putting on a wine mixer. Dale is hired as the caterer and their parents, newly divorced, are there. When the band leads, Brennan and Dale must save the day with their music. Their parents end up working out their differences and Derek learns to love his brother. This scene is meant to be funny, but it's oddly beautiful. The movie is not outrageous as Anchorman, but it still has its moments where you're on the floor holding your side laughing, and it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. The last film I would like to cover is completely different from the first two. McKay would take a turn into drama comedy with a big short, but his 2018 film is a huge change for him. Vice is a biopic of Dick Cheney, the former vice president of the United States during the Bush era. I cannot talk about the acting in this movie enough, as Batman himself, Christian Bale, dons a fat suit and a raspy voice in order to play Cheney himself. He is almost unrecognizable as a former vice president. And Amy Adam plays Lynn Cheney, a woman having to deal with her alcoholic, heart attack-ridden husband, and remains strong and amazing. I think these two did a fantastic job and is one of their best performances ever. Other great actors like Sam Rockville plays George W. Bush and Steve Carell plays Donald Rumsfeld. Adam McKay has used the actors in the best way and has proven that he can work with large names. The movie shows everything Dick Cheney did to get his grasp on the American people. We see how he got us into the war on Iraq and how he was able to become the president even though he was only the vice president. 
This film does a great job breaking down all the things that go into government, but in a fun way. One scene I love is when George W. Bush was neglected, Cheney was putting down little pieces in the White House like pawns. Pawns are put into the White House with Cheney's people and Bush's people. It is evil to see how Cheney is able to manipulate his way into the White House. A scene that really cements this, I find, is the best scene in the whole movie, is where Cheney meets up with George W. Bush. The scene intercuts with the conversation with Cheney fishing like he is trying to catch his fish. Cheney is trying to catch George W. Bush and giving him power than he should actually have. We even see a shot where Bush looks like he has a hook in his mouth right when Cheney talks to him about giving him big power. We also see within this film the hardships of Cheney as well. With all of Dick's health problems and the fact that Lynn and Dick's daughter is a lesbian and how people running under the conservative party deal with it. We see this in the beginning as Dick quit running for office to protect his daughter, but when his eldest daughter runs for office, they decide against gay marriage. Dick is power hungry and willing to run through his family to get it. This movie was a huge change for McKay, but it is amazing to see his transition. He is dealing with heavier films, and in the future, I'm excited to see where he goes. But if you're listening to Adam, maybe return to some fun comedies in the future. Alright guys, that's our episode. Next week we'll have a special guest, so make sure you're coming back for that episode. And follow us on social media at podcast underscore makers and check out our website at filmmakerspodcast.me.